Had you actually read the email, you would know that the podcast you are about to listen to could contain explicit language and offensive content. These HR experts' views are not representative of their past, present, or future employers. If you've ever heard, my manager is unfair to me, I need you to reset my HR portal password, or can I write up my employee for crying too much? Welcome to our little safe zone. Welcome to Jaded HR. Hello and welcome to Jaded HR, the podcast by two HR professionals who want to help you get through the workday by saying all the things you think about, but say them out loud. I'm Warren Workman. And this is Chris Feathers. Alrighty, we're back again. want to put some thank yous out there. I'm a little bit behind on some of these. First of all, we were trying to get reviews and we got two. We got that one star review with no commentary. And then we got one on iTunes by It's Me KRC. Gave us a five-star review and he wrote, he or she wrote, real and funny. If you've really had an HR job, you will get it. So thank you for the review. Thank you for all the reviews that we have out there. Reviews really help us get placed in uh, Apple Podcasts and other directories. So please uh, send us a review and please put some comments. Even if you give us a one-star review, tell us why you hate our guts. So uh, we can we can improve or we can mock you, one or the other. You, know, you, got me, you got me thinking. I mean, typically, if somebody's going to give you a bad review, they're going to come out swinging with some comments. I mean, yeah. wow, a one-star and nothing? I mean, please tell us our voices are bad or we don't know what we're talking about. Another thank you to put out there to Jan Janerson of at not Sherm approved on Instagram and other sites. Uh, she was our guest over last episode and uh, brought over a lot of listeners. We really want to thank her and all of her followers for checking us out. We really appreciate it. And the final thing, which sure relates, relates to the first thing in, in April, I said for every review we get, we will, I will, I said at that time I'd put $2 for each review we got. Well, Sadly, we only got two reviews in, in that time frame, so I did not make a $2 donation. I ended up doing $20. I'll put the receipt on our Facebook page. I also changed the recipient from Autism Speaks to the North Carolina Autism Society. Just found out some information that made me want to at least change it, but it's all doing good, and so I'll put that receipt up there. Hey, now it says recording. All right. So the third time is a charm in podcast recording. So, for the third time, uh, about a year ago, we discussed in episode 14, the title of that episode was, In the News, Play Stupid Games, Win Stupid Prizes. So, give you a quick recap of that, a part of that episode, or what I'm going to be talking about. Amy Cooper, she was walking her dog without a leash in Central Park. And she was caught on videotape going on a racist rant against a New York uh, City bird watcher. And some of her quotes from the video included, talking to the person videoing her, I'm taking a picture and calling the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man here threatening my life. And then to the 911 operator, when she calls 911, she says, I'm in the ramble. There's a man, African-American. He's got a bicycle helmet. He's recording me and threatening me and my dog. The bird watcher does not appear to come close to her and he remains calm as she becomes more agitated. And she screams to the 911 operator, I'm sorry, I can't hear. Are you there? I'm being threatened by a man in Ramble. Please send the cops immediately. 
So in a, a later investigation in, or interview, she stated she called the police because she was alone in the park and frightened to death after being selected as the next target of Christian Cooper, an overzealous bird watcher engaged in Central Park's ongoing feud between bird watchers and dog owners. So they got some crypt and blood type territory wars going on between the dogs or dog walkers and the bird watchers. But, <laughs> but uh, the day after, uh, Amy Cooper posted online, she uh, was apologizing to him for my actions when I encountered him in Central Park yesterday. I reacted emotionally and made false assumptions about his intentions when, in fact, I was the one acting inappropriately by not having my dog on a leash. Her own words. And something I found out while doing some more research for this, I didn't find it out in the you know year ago when I was looking into it, but she actually made a second 911 call where she stated that he had tried to assault her. So we weren't even close to this. Also, she was ultimately charged with the crime of filing a false police report, but uh, she had it, I don't know what the word, the correct word is, had it, uh, uh, the charges dropped after she did something or another. But the very next day, she was fired from her job at Franklin Templeton, an investment firm. Their line was, we do not tolerate racism of any kind at Franklin Templeton. They said they'd completed an internal review and decided to terminate her effective immediately. So sounds all very nice, very legit, no problems of anything I see there. However, we get to go fast forward a year to May 27th of 2021, just about a year from the date of this this happening. Miss Amy Cooper files a federal lawsuit against her former employer, Franklin Templeton, saying the company never investigated the incident that led to her firing, the confrontation between her and Christian Cooper. Her lawsuit claims that the employer discriminated her against her because of her race and gender. In damages, she's seeking payback and bonus, loss of unvested funds and other benefits, front pay or reinstatement, emotional distress damages, attorney's fees, costs, and interest and punitive damages in an amount to be determined at trial. She compared herself to a man formerly worked at the investment firm, but she does not identify his race. He was a member of the company's board of directors. She claimed that the employer knew that the man was convicted felon who previously served two months in prison. She said the company didn't do an investigation before firing her. And then Franklin Templeton denies any wrongdoing related to Cooper's firing. They stated, we believe the circumstances of the situation speak for themselves and that the company responded appropriately. We will defend against these baseless claims. So, I let, let's let's break down a little bit what her her problem is and what her they didn't do an investigation. She says. Now, tell me if you have a difference of opinion there, feathers. But I get a copy of the video that's on YouTube. I spend three four minutes watching it. I see her say, I cut words coming out of her own mouth, these things. And uh, that concluded my investigation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't differ there whatsoever. I'm trying to think of my own situations where I've seen social media posts and I've terminated the person the next day. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty open and shut there for me as well. Yeah, I, I, I can't 
I, I don't see where your claim is, especially given that the next day she apologized online saying that she was in the wrong and that uh, she indeed did not have her dog on a leash, which in the video you can see uh, she did not have your dog on a leash. And apparently in Central Park, uh, you have to keep your dogs on on a leash. But this is this is stirred up a, a lot of buzz online, social media buzz. I've, I found a, a number of different people reacting to it. And I will start with uh, John Hyman of the Ohio Employment Law Blog. He put out on his Twitter, this claim reeks of attention whoring. And they fired her because of the negative publicity she created by acting racist, not because of her race. There's a huge difference. And I'd have fired her too. So uh, that was pretty funny. Then on his blog, uh, he covered this in a little bit of detail on his blog. Uh, I give Miss Cooper somewhere between a zero and a 0.01% chance of winning her lawsuit. I mean, it is New York City and they are very, very, very employee friendly over there. But I, I just can't see, given the facts that, uh, that she would prevail in this. And then Robin Schooling from the Drive Through HR podcast, which you need to listen to if you haven't already, tweeted on her account. I, of course, would want to say to her, we fired you because she was a POS and let all my lawyers dress it up with all the legalese with a nice little smiley face behind it. So, uh, there, you know, just so many people, there's not one person I could find that was on her side. And that's that's pretty telling. That's pretty amazing is, you know, there's always a naysayer, on so, especially on social media. And if you can't find, uh, uh, I didn't find anybody who said, oh, but Amy's right. I, I didn't see anything along those lines. So you're really screwed when all of social media, hell, there's, you know, in some of the social justice issues right now, there's people taking all sides of it. No matter how clear cut the, the decision is or the situation is, there are people taking both sides of it. So uh, I don't know. I, I just... I, I think John Hyman really hit it on the head with the attention whoring. She, everybody knows who she is, so she can't get a job now. You just Google Amy Cooper, and this is the first, like the first result, even a year later on Google. And the whole way, if if nobody or if anybody happens to remember, of course, this video was published, and. They didn't know who she was, but she was recognized and people called her out as to who she was. So you have no anonymity online. And it's just, it's crazy to think that first, I'm amazed that they were able to identify who she was and uh, all those things uh, immediately. And I think even people who found out who she was contacted her employers on, you know, to show them, hey, you've got this POS employee saying these things, just thought you might want to know type of things. It was, it was just a really crazy thing. But just a file suit, you you have, like I said, zero to 0.1% chance of winning. So I'll, I'll keep my eyes on this and we'll do some follow-ups if there's anything fun or interesting coming out, out of here. But man. <laughs> I just Googled it just based upon your own recommendation. 126 million hits in 0.26 seconds. And there actually is a whole Wikipedia page just based upon the Central Park bird watching incident. <laughs> yeah, she's done. I mean, the 0.01, I mean, that's, I wanted to say, you're telling me there's a chance? No, no. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. No, so, no, no. There's, there's like a negative 1% that you have a chance of winning this or even coming close to winning this. And I was trying to think of the grounds of, of what she possibly could sue on. And I know you've mentioned them, but I'm thinking, no, 
No, no, no. Anybody worth its salt looking at this from any particular case, if it's an EOC or whatever, is going to is going to throw this out in a second. Oh yeah. Oh, and that brings me to one of my favorite things. If you're you've ever been involved in an EEO lawsuit, you know, unless you have one of the slam dunk cases, which there is one I wanted to, uh, I put in the case uh, in this week. Maybe it'll be in our next episode about the most blatant racism. The EEOC does not take a case unless it is a grotesquely blatant case that they're they're going to win slam dunk, no questions asked. Otherwise. Regardless of how frivolous your lawsuit or your claim is, they will issue a right to sue, which means you can take them to civil court or arbitration or whatever may be the case and and try and seek damages that way. But it doesn't mean that they agree with you. I had uh, a case once upon a time, the person had just the most bogus false claims in the world and she got issued her, the EOC issued her a right to sue letter and she was emailing, see, I told you I was right. And I'm like, okay, you can think that all you want. But, you know, that just means you have the right to sue. You can sue anybody for everything, as this case mm-hmm. uh, quite specifically points out. Remember, your 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 Starbucks and McDonald's coffee is hot. That's why we have that. <laughs> we wonder why our judicial system is slow. <laughs> yeah, you're, bog- you're bogged down with these type of things. Mm-hmm. And now California's got warning labels for absolutely everything. So don't is there a, is there a is there a warning label when you drive into the state? <laughs> Welcome to it's California. Label. Here's our warning label. Everything here will kill you, yes. <laughs> uh, including our stupid laws. We we still got to get our uh, a guest on from California who understand. You know, I've I've got a whopping six employees in California. I deal with it uh, to a, a minimal extent, but I really want to hear from a, a true California HR pro and that's jaded and can give us their their view of everything there and tell us why the hell haven't you left the state yet i, I mean if they work in california they're not they're not jaded i actually want to talk to one of those <laughs> if if you are not jaded in hr yeah i want to speak to you because a i know i know uh marijuana has been legal in california for a very very long time yeah. uh, so your, i want to know what your, what's your secret <laughs> a little Himalayan hammer toe there? Yeah, gotcha. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but anyways, no, I, I, I'll always pick on our folks in California just because it blows my mind each and every time I see something from California. But um, I only have one other topic for today. So this might be a little bit shorter of an episode. But on uh, LinkedIn last week, uh, Natalie Brown posted... A contact mine was hit with a backdoor reference check recently, and it got me thinking. A lot, of co- are, a lot of companies are doing this, and whether it's right or wrong, it's definitely happening. Would you work for a company that did this? We'd love to hear your thoughts. And she posted a poll on it, and the poll concluded with uh, 67% of the, the respondents saying they definitely would not work for a company that did these backdoor references. And then another person I follow on LinkedIn, James Hornet, he, he picked up on it and he continued. Uh, and some of the replies, I've, I've got some of the replies listed here and they, uh, I found them all interesting. I think it happens all the time both ways. Don't you want to know about the company you might be joining? And absolutely. I, when I applied for the job I have now, I went on LinkedIn and I looked up the company and did some research and I could say, oh, someone I know works there. So what did I do? 
I opened up a text message at Shopping Text. Hey, I see your company's hiring for an HR person. Tell me a little bit about it. And, and they did, and they didn't convince me to run away. So I applied, and I ended up getting the job. Uh, so it, it does go both ways. Another person replied, it sounds sketchy as hell to me how they find or validate the claims of people of what people said. You know, I know we're titled Jaded HR, but you got to be realistic too you know, about how things work. Another comment or another reply to it was, here's the challenge. Standard reference checks are often meaningless because it's the equivalent of asking someone's mother if they think their child is wonderful. <laughs> I think there's a happy medium here that starts with a transparency approach. And I will tell you what, you're, you're laughing right now. Don't have them ask my mom. I hate. Don't have them ask my mom. <laughs> My mom was saying oh, the truth. Jesus, my mom was saying the truth. <laughs> Let me tell you this time when he was eight years Maybe, old. And yeah, what, it's gonna. Yeah, don't. What yeah, he did. Don't call my How mom. How much time do you have? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you. But th- that made me think. Reference checks. How useful are you? If you can't find three people to use your name and uh, three people to say, "Yep, Warren was good." You've got bigger problems than finding a job, honestly. You know, maybe you're Amy uh, from Amy Cooper. <laughs> she, she can't, can't find she three can't people find to say three. nice things. No. <laughs> uh, people to say nice things about her right Please now. Please don't use but, jaded, jaded HR as a reference, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've worked with her totally. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, hey, that's another thing. Well, let me finish my first thought. If you can't find three people to give you a decent reference, you've got bigger problems than that. And all the times of doing reference checks about the names and contacts people have given me, I think I've only had one negative reference check. And just think, you know, I've been in this doing this 20 years, so I can only think of one of thousands and thousands I've done. So it's statistically not not important that one reference check you call you you if you get their actual supervisor you get the line oh i can't give you a reference check you'll have to talk mm-hmm. to hr yep. and we all know what hr is going to do uh i with a signed release i can verify their name title position dates of employment and salary but we'll only do that with a signed release so or something along those lines so you know reference checks are really really i don't know archaic they're <laughs> archaic and you know yeah it's a good cya so you can say oh yeah i I checked warren's references he came out okay but you know really you're not you're not getting any useful information out of the majority of references i'm going to skip around here maybe these backdoor and i've always called them gorilla reference checks uh, are totally acceptable if you're asking someone you know whose opinion you value and that uh, you trust will use discretion with the information that someone is interviewing. So a lot of these responses ended up being to the ends of what if their their employer doesn't know they're looking? Well, most people know not to contact a person's current employer until their offer is made or something along those lines. If you if you do that, and once again, come up with people your former employers. You don't have to have a, a current employer most of the time. Uh, this person wrote, calling a stranger out of the blue with no contacts because they're connected to someone who may have worked with them. Absolutely not. It's absolutely and totally acceptable. Informing uh, Information gathering from supplied references is borderline waste of time to do them. Agreed. Uh, and this, the information will rarely prevent a decision to hire. And so we get to me responding to this thread, and I got a, I got a little thing. So uh, true story. 
I, I, I wrote, here's why I wrote, I, I call them gorilla reference checks. And I think they're great because you get actual useful information versus name, rank, serial number. And I've continued in my LinkedIn post here. I actually got a job once because the VPHR knew someone from a former company I work for and did a gorilla reference check on me. And they were told, you've got to hire him. I was actually told this years later after the fact. I worked for a company and the company I ended up, once upon a time, there was a company in between. The next company after that was a client of that first company. So they knew some people and they called and luckily I'd, I'd done pretty darn well there and they they encouraged me to be hired and I was later told and if I didn't come if you know it was my job to lose when I came in for my interview after that so but someone replied to my comment lucky you let's assume that and this was Sasha Brossman replied to me lucky you let's assume that backdoor reference in an, uh, another case was a raging narcissist who's got a peeve with you for totally personal reasons not totally unlikely given the high prevalence of dark triads in management. And now I'm like, okay, I, I didn't even know I wanted to respond, but I didn't. I, I just decided to let that go. But really, it, if I'm calling to do a gorilla reference, you know, here it is. Hey, Chris, I, uh, you know, I got John Doe's resume here. Uh, he worked for you. How do you know him? And you know, what can you tell me about him? Any good, any, anything bad? What, what can you tell me? And give me that unofficial reference uh, that way. And if you tell me, hey, I really don't know him. And if you rail and rant against him, I'm probably going to ask more more questions of you. Like, really, what did he do? How did? Why do you feel this way about him? And, and things like that. I just, you know, I would ask more questions, but it's just, it's just crazy. But it does remind me, and I don't have this written in my notes. I, I should, I'm going to probably misquote it. One of my favorite ever Dilbert cartoons. I used to have it uh, <laughs> blown up and enlarged on my wall at work, but it's Catbert, the evil HR director, and someone's calling about a reference. And he says something to the effect of, we, we can't give references, but I'd be glad to talk to you about the weather. Uh, the clouds are moving lazily across the sky and everybody thinks they're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's one of my favorite Dilberts of all time. The clouds are moving lazily across the sky and everybody thinks they're stupid. Uh, I, I love that one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about this high prevalence of dark triad traits. Like that's a, that's yeah. an oppressive mouthful that's, and, and what? <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, we've got, uh, I don't know. The the Death Eaters are approaching and uh, going to get us for you know we where we work. You know we work for the Council of the Dark Arts or whatever. That's I, I a know. that's a person but, scoring right there. <laughs> and, and we call ourselves jaded, <laughs> right? But I, I think uh, our jaded. We need a, to have a little humor and. Uh, I, I want to. I'm going to write that down and see if I can sneak that into a uh, a call over the next couple of weeks. I and mean, they have a high prevalence <laughs> of dark triad traits. I mean, they are managers. I mean, that's. I just want to see if I can get that in there, and I want to be on video when it happens because I want to see them all look at me and go, "See, everybody's what?" Face. Like <laughs> the dog turning its head, like, "What? What did? What did you say?" <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so and so, they have a high prevalence for dark triad traits. I mean, like, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Sasha. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, I'm gonna. Thanks, Sasha. I'm gonna write that one down. 
See, even even these snarky uh, comments get us some get us some use. But you know, my my whole thought process on these gorilla reference check is first we need to better define what it is and is not. So a lot of these people, and I didn't read all their comments, were thinking that you're just randomly calling into a place and finding out, hey, tell me tell me about this person. You're not. You're calling a, a, a trusted friend, someone in your network who may know the candidate or may not know the candidate. Like in my case, I didn't report to the person that my VPHR called, but I was a known entity and actually worked with them in some regard, but not at a reporting level uh, with that. And so you make sure the person at least knows them. And you're not going to call the person's current supervisor. I mean, how stupid are you if you're going to call this person's current supervisor, unless you're trying to get them fired. So you have to, so you can strong arm them into your position or something like that. I don't know, but you need to have someone that in your network that you, that may know the candidate and you have to know the person you're talking to. You have to have that relationship to know they're going to give you the scoop on the person and what they're, they're doing. Someone who you trust, there's got to be a trust level there that they're going to give you a real accurate reference. And then if something isn't smelling right, ask questions, people just why do you, why do you say that he couldn't have been that bad or he he's definitely not the spawn of Satan or whatever it is. Uh, he's not coming from the dark triad. <laughs> I was like, he's, no, he's a hypervalence uh, of dark triad traits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the storm clouds are rolling in with dark triad traits. <laughs> with those things in mind of what uh, an actual gorilla or backdoor references, I, I see nothing wrong of it. What, what are your thoughts and have you done backdoor gorilla references? How do I think about it when we started this conversation? I mean, have I? Of course I have. Is it something that I probably put a lot of weight on? Nah. But I mean, sometimes if you got equal connections or whatever, you, you, you want to hear something a little bit different. So I don't necessarily think they're a bad thing. I think you, but you also take them with a grain of salt. Very well said. I, I, I absolutely. So agree. that was my unjaded answer. Um, let's see, let's jade it. I don't know. They have a high prevalence of dark triad traits. Uh, that's... <laughs> I think we have the title of our episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> question mark after. If you don't know what it means, listen. <laughs> uh, I, I want to have uh, a high prevalence of dark triad traits. I want my, my PI uh, score to come back with whatever, whatever combination that comes back to. It's your, uh, it's your high dominance, one. whatever your dominance is. It's, it's a high dominance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was a high A. Uh, <laughs> well, there that, you go. So, so then you're yeah. a high prevalence of dark triatrates. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to work that into somebody's, one of my employees reviews somehow this year. I'm, I'm going to just do it for the, for the hell of it. I think. Well, like I said, I only had two topics for today. Do you have anything fun or exciting to, to throw in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's been that type of week for me as well. So, uh, before we before we get going, I have a couple things I want to mention. First, once again, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. It really helps out. I need to thank the underscore orchestra for the use of the theme song "Devil with the Devil," and thank you to the great voice artist Andrew Culpa for his work on our disclaimer. Really appreciate that. And I have not done a best practice. Uh, do you have a, a best practice? Jaded or unjaded? <laughs> <laughs> How about this? 
do your homework and think of a best practice before recording. <laughs> yeah. That's your best <laughs> <Yeah>. practice. <laughs> All righty. As always, I'm Warren Workman. And this is Chris Feathers. And we're helping you survive HR one what-the-fuck moment at a time.